Now then, 15 minutes past eight, and despite government efforts to curb smoking, the tobacco industry here and abroad has actually been thriving to a certain extent with the growth of innovative products. We've seen things like heat, not burn cigarettes on the market, but uh, for much longer than that, the rise of e-cigarettes. San Francisco-based e-cigarette maker Juul Labs, formerly launched in Seoul last month, uh, and with tobacco manufacturer KT&G beginning its latest e-cigarette, Lil Vapor, it's uh, adding to growing competition um, rather than scaling back. But San Francisco, the home of Juul, has just announced this ban on e-cigarettes. So where does that leave us? Let's first bring in Erica Sandberg. We're going to hear a few voices in this subject now, but Erica Sandberg is a consumer finance expert and journalist based in San Francisco. And good morning to you from Seoul. Hello, and good morning to you. So Juul's hometown, uh, becoming the first US city to ban all sales of electronic cigarettes. How significant is the decision in your view? Well, it's significant because we're the first city to do it. Um, and it's really significant because, as you say, Jewel is, Jewel's birthplace was right here. So it's our, it's our neighbor. And, um, yeah, we're definitely turning our back on the e-cigarette craze. Is, is this partly because of misleading marketing towards younger people that, that, that's drawn this scrutiny? Mm, for sure. Um, primarily it's because we have had a, an epic rise in kids, teenagers, uh, juuling, vaping, however you want to call it. Um, it's hugely popular. Um, it, and that's just, of course, that's a global issue. It's not just San Francisco. Um, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and it's very prevalent in her school. It's, it's everywhere. So certainly it was this effort to curb this, uh, the trend and turn it around. Um, uh, but that comes, <laughs> you know, it's a little, it's a little uh, dicey whether or not that's actually going to be effective. Yeah, because they weren't legally allowed to access these e-cigarettes in the first place, were they? They were just accessing adult products. Absolutely. In fact, there's this huge sort of underground market where kids sell them, sell the devices to each other. And um, yeah, it's 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 not legal to purchase them if you're uh, if you're a minor. But that doesn't mean that kids don't have access to them, and and they're going to. You know, it's, it's same thing with alcohol or any any sort of drug it doesn't matter if there's a will there's a way and there's um there's certainly a will so um banning it is i don't think it's going to have a tremendous effect if any effect and there are a couple of loopholes here potentially um vaping used for marijuana that's not illegal i'm I'm right in saying that aren't i (laughs) You are absolutely correct in saying that. It's just kind of comical um, because you know the, the effort is the, the whole idea behind it is because you know you don't want kids doing something that's bad for them, um, and it, and they are. You know, there's certainly nothing great about vaping. However, cigarettes are legal, um, and access to cigarette is going is going to remain. Um, marijuana, uh, the uh, recreational cannabis, is here. Um, access to that is going to remain. Um, you know, it's this little tiny thing that we're focusing on um, instead of this much wider issue. As, you know, if, you really want, if you really want to do something that's good for this minor population, make a maximum decision. This is, this is a bit ridiculous. This is just San Francisco as well. And this is where it kind of gets a bit bizarre because I can't even imagine a circumstance, given the way the law works between countries, I cannot imagine a circumstance where, for example, here in Korea, we'd be 
having a situation where in Seoul you can't or can do this, but then you just drive to a neighbouring city and suddenly you can. So can't teenagers just go to a, to a nearby location away from San Francisco and still buy their vaping equipment? Absolutely. There's going to be all kinds of avenues. We're a small city. We don't even have a million people here. We're neighbored by many other small cities. It, is, it does not take much to get up and go across the bridge or head down South Bay, and you know, you're back to the same position where you were before. So that's not a problem. It's, it's, this is a grandstanding effort. And, you know, San Francisco likes to be number one. We did this. We're the, one, we're the first one to do it. Um, so really, that's, what, where it's, that's, the, that's the origin of this. Thank you. They don't really, city leaders don't really think that they're going to curb uh, people, kids from vaping. Thank you so much for giving us the local context there. First of all, Erica Sandberg, consumer finance expert and journalist. We're going to. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We got, we've got a couple more voices we want to hear, one of which we recorded just before the show. Uh, Dr. Richard Miek from the Institute of the University of Michigan conducted a study about e cigarette use. Um, and First of all, we asked Dr. Miek what the primary concerns are for e-cigarette brands entering the Asian market. Clearly, for companies like Juul, it's not, uh, you know, they may be from San Francisco, but given that's a fairly small market, it's not really the big deal for them that perhaps it's being portrayed as. Let's, let's take a listen. One thing they should be concerned about is whether kids are going to start using their product, children and adolescents, at least here in the United States. Juul has been extremely popular among teenagers and adolescents. So, for example, among 17-year-olds, 30% have used a Juul in the last year. If this continues, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration here in the United States, has threatened to curtail sales of Juul and to even perhaps take them off the market. So the real trick is to be able to make these products available to adults, particularly those who want to quit, but not to allow kids to use them. So let's also, we'll hear more from Dr. Uh, Miek, but Professor David Abrams from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at U- New York University College of Global Public Health also joins the conversation. And, and good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. Yeah, yeah thank you for taking the time. Um, Jewel has said the prohibition will not effectively address underage use anyway. What's your view? Um, Well, I think we have to keep cool heads here. Um, The reality is that any novel product um, is going to arouse the curiosity, especially of teens. And what we see in the uptick in use is similar to the amount of use of teens trying other things that we don't really want them to do, but they do anyway. So I think what we see is largely experimental or novel use, And I think society, parents, teachers should be very careful to try to make sure that their teens um, who are underage don't use these substances. Um, But at the same time, the reality is some use is going to happen. But I think the usual controls of age checks and not selling to minors under 21 as well as education, um, can prevent most of the uptick without necessarily taking extreme measures such as banning all 
products from a city, as was done in San Francisco, which I think is both an overreaction and may be appealing politically, but is really not good for public health. Speaking of public health, let's hear again from Dr. Mieck, um, who, as I said, also conducted this study on e-cigarette use, on the very question of the health risks of e-cigarettes, whether they might be seen as a much safer alternative to tobacco cigarettes. The research is just coming out now, but there has been one randomized controlled trial, which is the gold standard in science. And basically in England, about 900 people who went to the British National Health Service looking to quit smoking were randomly assigned into two groups. And so one group could use e-cigarettes, and the other group was encouraged to use whatever smoking cessation device they wanted to use, like a patch or nicotine gum or anything of their choice. And those who used anything of their choice, about 10%, when used in addition to psychosocial help and therapy, were able to quit. But those who used e-cigarettes, about twice as many, 18%, were able to quit. So it does seem that among adults, e-cigarettes are helpful in making people who want to quit successful. I mean, this is one way of framing the conversation, Professor Abrams. Is it a better alternative to cigarettes? Let's just for a moment look at e-cigarettes as an isolated product. If this was, you know, perhaps we shouldn't be ignoring cigarettes, but, but just for a moment, if this was just a product on the market, would we be right in even considering a ban? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, we have enough evidence, actually very strong evidence from biochemical markers, especially of cancer, that e-cigarettes are dramatically less harmful. In fact, the biomarkers of cancer suggest that they are probably 95 to 98% less harmful for cancer. They may be a little more harmful with respect to those with advanced heart disease, but overall, it's very, very clear that nicotine, without burning it in a cigarette smoke, is not very harmful at all. And so I would say as a recreational product, this is a dramatic technological breakthrough where we can now have substantially safer ways of enjoying nicotine for adults, and it's probably a lot safer than alcohol, for example, because it improves information processing, attention, alertness, and memory, and therefore it doesn't impair driving and, in fact, may enhance people's brain function. So, like caffeine, I see no problem with it being on the general market even if we didn't have cigarettes available. In fact, um, I think the big fear is the gateway where use of nicotine in an e-cigarette might result in people who otherwise would never have smoked cigarettes going on to much more lethal smoked cigarettes. And even there, I think the evidence is very flimsy and not strong at all. Yeah. But the bottom line is this this is a very safe product that for adults ought to be on the market and readily available. It, it does seem rather absurd um, when we consider, though, the obvious comparison to make with other products like alcohol and cigarettes. If they are 
proven to be more dangerous than than e-cigarettes, that we would be considering limiting the availability of e-cigarettes at all. Uh, what about the the long term implications, though? That different e-cigarette companies might use slightly different formulas and ingredients. We are almost out of time, but are you satisfied? We've got enough long term data on the various different varieties. So, of course, we can never have long enough long-term data ever because it'll take 40 or 50 years. But I am satisfied that we know the chemical structure and the biochemical short-term markers. And therefore, I think we can be very confident that e-cigarettes have no carbon monoxide. Out of 45 biomarkers measured that we know cause harm to humans in cigarettes, Only 12 had detectable levels, and among those 12, all of them had dramatically low levels in e-cigarettes compared to cigarettes. So I am quite satisfied that anybody who smokes cigarettes should switch. Professor Abrams, I'm sorry to jump in because we're going to leave it there, but we'll continue the conversation next.